Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh, uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, now, now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Bring them out. 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 Oh, welcome in to the Captain J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shane. We've got Jay Moore. We've got you for a three-hour ride on this Monday morning. What open phone lines for you? 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our telephone number. And, Cap, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, it is uh, really amazing when you think about it. When you take a couple of steps back and look at what the Bears have in front of them, what we have in front of us as Bears fans, the Chicago Bears became the first team in the common draft era since 1967 to earn the number one overall pick one season after trading it. The Bears joined the Arizona Cardinals as the only teams with multiple first-round picks. The Bears have not selected two players in the draft in the first round since 2003 when the Bears got Michael Haynes and Rex Grossman uh, back then. Now, both of those guys, well, one got you to the Super Bowl and the other one, well, Michael Haynes didn't really like football that much. He loved snakes, though. No, he was a bust. <laughs> but, you know, Peter King puts it out there, the uh, soon-to-be-retired Peter King puts it out there that he's pretty confident that the Bears are going to trade that number one pick. I just think that if we take two steps back and look at everything, Cap, I mean, the Bears are in a great position to really turn the tide for their franchise. We talked about this, and we've coined the phrase that this is the most important time in the history of the franchise. When you think about it, two number one picks, an opportunity to really go places for the future. So Peter King, as you mentioned, who announced today that he is retiring from his Football Morning in America column, said, I, I know nothing but I know what, which way the wind seems to be blowing, that the Bears will trade the pick for the second straight year. And then he lays out a potential haul that they could get. So my question is, as you look at this whole thing, mm-hmm. and his quote was, I suppose the Bears will trade the number one pick, but I know nothing. Do they really have the stomach to do this? Because we see how C.J. Stroud is. And some say, well, they probably would have taken Bryce Young if they took a quarterback last year. I can promise you there was no scenario that they were taking Bryce Young. They didn't like him. They also passed on C.J. Stroud because they felt they needed the haul they got back. And the haul they got back for people that say, you should have taken Stroud. You'd have no Darnell Wright, no D.J. Moore, no number one pick overall, and no Tyreek Stevenson because you used the second-round pick on him a year ago that you got in that deal. And you have a second-round pick from them next year. Yeah, yeah and, and Stroud would have sat down and watched the playoffs like everybody else if he was a Chicago Bear. Correct. There was a b- little bit better infrastructure in Houston. He had a left tackle in Laramie Tunsil, who's a really good football player. Uh, they don't have great receivers down there, but Tank Dell and uh, Nico Collins, good football players, good players. 
And then they went out and got the tight end, uh, Dalton Schultz. Mm -hmm. So they've got a fairly decent team, and they had a really good year. I have been consistent on this. I don't see a scenario if, if all the background work comes back, the polls passes on this quarterback class again. But Peter says, I know nothing, but I suppose they'll trade the number one pick. What do you say? Yeah, I would imagine that that's exactly what they're going to do, Cap. They are going to trade the number one. They are not going to trade the number one pick. Caleb Williams will be the number one pick in the draft, and the Bears will take him. And, and I think it just makes sense. I mean, if if the Bears were to trade the number one pick, I still think that Justin Fields would be gone also. That's what I believe. So if they went one to two and they got something from Washington. Like a Drake May? Would they take Drake May at two? Possibly. Or Jaden Daniels at two? Possibly. I'm not going to change my opinion on, on this part of it. I said... At the time, when Caleb Williams' name came up and said, boy, Caleb Williams could be the number one pick, I said, unless the Bears see something that we don't see as far as his character, I mean, the football is there. You cannot turn a blind eye to the talent. The talent is there. My, my thinking is if there was something that was behind the scenes that we didn't know about Caleb Williams, then that's why they'd move off of him. But what I'm telling you, Cap, is that based on everything that we could see, Caleb Williams is a sure thing for the number one pick. Unless, again, there's something that we're not seeing. And by the way, if it's not Caleb Williams, it's not such a huge drop-off for me with Drake May. I told you that I was a a fan of what I saw from Drake May in college. I think that he's going to be a fine quarterback. But I really believe that the apple of the eye for Ryan Poles is to have Caleb Williams in to be able to have his quarterback in place. We have to remind the audience, and I think every, all the smart Bears fans know this, is that there was always going to be a roll of the dice anyway between Poles and, and Justin Fields. No matter what uh, Poles will tell you, that's not his quarterback because he didn't select him. Let's just be honest about it. I mean, let's look at it practically. This is not his quarterback. He was hoping it was going to work out, but he feels like there's an upgrade in the draft in Caleb Williams. Yeah, look, if Justin Fields was more of a lock we still have questions after three years now has he been given the best situation absolutely not he was drafted here wasn't ready to be the starter had matt Nagy throw him in with the worst game plan i've ever seen and he got destroyed at cleveland and had some flashy moments but not a great rookie year they let him down second year they tore the thing to the studs no one was winning with that team nobody This year, though, there were some issues. He didn't have the best year. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what was the stat that you gave? They got one touchdown on the road the last handful. Three games? Yeah, one. One touchdown. Yeah. And And that that was a crazy one where they took ten times for them to knock on the door and get in. Correct. Against Cleveland. Eight plays from the one-yard line. Yeah. The other thing is he, he's he been hurt every year he's been with the Bears. He's had some type of an injury. Mm-hmm. So if we're still asking these questions, the answer is probably you need to go get another quarterback. Okay, here's the other thing. And I said this to Shay this morning when we were having our morning convo. If he's truly your guy, would you let him twist in the wind like this? Is that how you treat someone? Because last year... Polls told him, mm-hmm. let me do my deal. We're good. And he said, I'd have to be blown away to take a quarterback. And he made the trade. Mm-hmm. And he made a good trade. 
one of the best in NFL history. Justin is getting, wherever we go, every story. Justin Fields this, Justin Fields that. Would you really let him twist in the wind like this? Where he's on a podcast going, I just want it to be over. Justin, Caleb, Caleb, I just want it to be over. Is that how you treat your guy? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But you could tell that there is a not necessarily a disconnect, but you know that a trade is inevitable, right? right? It's not a disconnect. I don't think that there is hate or there is a a problem between the two. But this is just going to be Ryan Pohl's decision because he sees something greater for the future for the Bears versus what they have now in Justin Fields. Twisting the wind, I think that's that's one way of putting it. But also, as you and I know it, it's business. It's, it's a business. It's, 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 he gets it's, paid millions yeah. of dollars. It's just simply football business on the part of Ryan Poles. Look, we, we've talked about this round and round, and there's really no, nothing new coming out of this until we see that there's going to be a trade in place. For those of you that support Justin Fields, I totally understand it. I get it. I understand why you support Justin Fields because of how excited you were when he was first drafted. And you want to be able to see this young man be able to get to the next level in a Bears uniform because the Bears have not had a quarterback uh, in place that you could trust forever. And so I understand why you feel that way. However, the general manager feels like he wants to be able to restart the clock financially and to be able to have a clean slate at quarterback and go with Caleb Williams. This is the direction he's going to go in. Keep in mind, you and I and me and Cap and everyone else that are Bears fans, we will rake Ryan Poles over the coals if this does not work in a couple of years. Because, but this is his decision. He feels like he wants to go in a different direction. This is all the reports that's out there. This is not me and Cap trying to push Justin Fields out the door. Look, as, as I've always said, and I know that this is not clippable. This, you can't aggregate this particular thing I'm going to say. I know that you can't aggregate this. But I think I want what's best for the Chicago Bears. I'm a Bears fan first. Before Justin Fields was even born, I was a Bears fan. And so I want what's best for the Chicago Bears first. And if that means that Justin Fields moves on and you're bringing another quarterback in place that can be the guy for a decade as you try to build this thing, I'm all for it. Because it's the Bears first. Always will be. Exactly. I had people reaching out to me, sending me tweets and friends text me. Dude, if they keep Justin, you and Hoodie are so aligned wanting Caleb. How do you? What do you do? Will Justin be mad at you? No. First of all, I've never met Justin Fields in my life. Don't know if I ever will. All I hear is he's an awesome person. He's a great leader. He's a wonderful athlete. I simply have said that if I was running the team, I would move on and go get another quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's become this divisive topic where Team Justin or... You're a horrible person. You hate Justin. Not true. I think, looking at the situation, I do not believe Ryan Poles wants to be the guy that said, I passed on C.J. Stroud, albeit made a great trade. Sure. And now, if this kid checks all the boxes, and that process has already started, if he checks all the boxes, I'm leaving that guy on the board, trading him to somebody else? Yeah. Because if Caleb Williams goes somebody, somewhere else and he's taking teams to Super Bowls or AFC or NFC title games and you're still middling along, you're done. Conversely, if Justin goes somewhere and balls out and Caleb busts, you're also done. That's why I said to you at the start of this, this pick alone will define Ryan Pohl's legacy. 
No doubt. And, and the Bears for the next decade. Shay. I, I want to take Justin Fields out of the picture because I know what Peter King said. I suppose they're trading the number one pick. I don't know anything, but I know which way the wind is blowing. Mm-hmm. They can and should keep Justin Fields. I want to take Fields out of it. I don't think that they're going to keep him regardless of what they do. The question for me is how much do you really trust Ryan Poles in this process? Because Caleb Williams might check all the boxes. Another quarterback might also check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And if you have two that you think are close, one of them you got to spend the number one pick to get. The other, maybe you trade down, get a bunch of assets, and you get a guy who you think is right there with Caleb Williams at pick eight. How much you trust Ryan Poles to make that decision? Where you can build around a different young quarterback with all the picks everybody's imagining you used to build around Justin Fields. Yeah, there is a way, there is a route for you, Cap, to be able to pass up on one, as Shea says, go down, get a lot of more, get, get more picks and still find a quarterback that you like. You may not, you may love Caleb Williams, you may like J.J. McCarthy, but that is a path to go. That means that Justin Fields, to me, Justin Fields would still go. They would still build around a young quarterback. So what he's saying is, like, you trade the number one pick, you get a haul back, but still at nine, for instance, you can still get a quarterback you like. Is that the difference, Ricky, you want for the next five or six years? Look, I trust Ryan Poles. I think he's done a magnificent job. If he could have back one decision, it would be, what do we call him? Clay Chase Poole. Clay Chase Poole, yes. Correct, on this show. Yes. Yeah. Every, no one's going to be perfect. Yeah. They're not. He's going to miss on picks. He's going to miss on deals. and would be. You did what? Why would you take that guy? That said, my concern, and I ride with him. Mm-hmm. He's our GM, man. If, if Shea's scenario came to fruition, so you're the only guy that saw this quarterback being equally good to Caleb Williams, and he was there at eight in a quarterback-starved league, and no one else rode up and got him, I would, that scenario doesn't make sense to me. Jay Moore. Since this topic is such a slippery slope, why can't they just keep Justin, draft Caleb, let them compete, best man win, and the other guy's out? Yeah, because you lose your whatever value you'd have, for, in my opinion, from trading Justin. If Justin gets loses his job, that's A. B, Jay Moore, don't you think there's a chance it becomes somewhat divisive in the room if the Justin fan club in there many of the players have openly spoken how much they love him want to keep playing with him caleb beats him out now justin's the backup to caleb i just don't see how that's a good scenario do you think caleb could beat out justin fields in a one-on-one battle i'm not so sure i mean it's something about competition and a fire up your ass does something for you Yes, Justin Fields is, is okay as a quarterback. Not great, not good. He's just okay. And I think that he's growing with the arrow pointing sideways. Only sideways is because it's about health. It's about being able to read defenses a lot better and do more than just run the football. Be able to get the ball out quickly. Nobody got the ball out slower than Justin Fields out of all the starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. That's not hyperbole. That's a fact. That he, no one got the ball out more slowly. And again, you can blame Getze, offensive line. Ultimately, he has the ball in his hands, the lion's share of the time. He's got to get the ball out. That's so, so what I'm saying is that if it was one-on-one, I'm not sure that Justin Fields beats Caleb 
Williams in a um, in a quarterback battle. But it's it's as old as the hills, though, because we've seen quarterback battles around here for a long time. If Caleb Williams is who all the prognosticators say he is, people that get paid to do this, not two goose on the radio. Mm-hmm. If he's truly that dude, Justin can't beat him out. Otherwise, well, what are you doing? I mean, well, he's, he's the not, fourth best quarterback in our division. Jay Moore. I said, but if he's not, if Caleb's not the guy, you know, everybody was so hyped on uh, oh, Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. They were so hyped yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. He's in a horrible situation. I, I also don't know that people were so hyped on him either. I mean, when you really think about what happened in Carolina, where there was kind of an owner mutiny almost to like, we have to take this guy, despite all of my talent people preferring Stroud. We weren't sure about any of the quarterbacks yeah. coming out, if you recall. Yeah, I think last year's last just year's a like, weird... Yeah. Like, if you want to say Trevor Lawrence, it just hasn't gone the way that it would hope. But Trevor Lawrence is still better than Justin Fields. And, like, I, I don't know. I look at it like last year, Drake May and Caleb both would have gone in front of Stroud and Bryce Young. So it just is a different... If they were in the same draft, the two at the top this year would have gone ahead of the two that went one and two last year. So it... To me, it wasn't like last year was the same level of hype as this class. So let's talk about this. Shay, let's open the phone lines. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Peter King says that he supposes the Bears will trade the number one pick. Do they really have the stomach to pass on a quarterback again? We'll talk about that also still to come this hour. Cody Bellinger signs with the Cubs over the weekend. Let's talk about the Cubs as well on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. And Jay Hood are back. First time caller, huge fan of your guys' show. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. If you can't catch our show live between 7 and 10 or any of the shows live on ESPN Chicago, check out the podcast. Like, share, and subscribe to ESPN Chicago, the podcast. Of course, download that ESPN Chicago app. But again, wherever you get your podcast, look for Cap and Jay Hood right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Uh, to the phone lines we go. Still to come, we'll talk about Cody Bellinger back as a Cub again. As we say hello to Michael on the northwest side on Cap and Jay Hood. Michael, good morning. Good morning, fellas. So I'm a relatively newcomer to your station. I've been listening to you since the end of the season. And you guys have to pay attention to your phone lines. I'd like to run this up the flagpole to see who salutes it. I think I heard it mentioned earlier. But let me see if I can get to the end of it. A couple of moving parts. Okay. One, keep Fields. Two, draft Caleb. Let Caleb sit behind Justin for the first part of the year. If Justin doesn't measure up, I heard you talking about the competition. There's Caleb right there. Use our number one pick to get another fancy dancy wounder receiver. And have you ever seen the Bears in contention when we did not have the most feared linebacker in the NFL? That's what Poles needs to do, that magical pixie dust trading of his. Buckus, Singletary, Earl Locker. We define the middle linebacker. Somehow get plugged that hole at left tackle and go Bears. Okay. What say you? So you're you're drafting Marvin Harrison at one? Is that did I take that no, right? Caleb. Caleb. You're taking Caleb. Caleb at one. And and where are you getting this other receiver at? 
Good question. That's that's Paul's job. I'm I don't have these statistics and that kind of uh, deep analysis that you guys have. So. I- I don't think, and Jay Moore brought this up, and Michael, thanks, man. We appreciate you being a listener here. Uh, I don't believe you can keep Justin and Caleb together. I do not. If, you, if you're going to ride with Justin, then ride with Justin. Yes. I just want the Bears to win. Let me say it for the 18 millionth time. You've said it. I hear Sylvie say it. I just want the Bears to win. There's no agenda here. I would take Caleb Williams. That's what I would do if all the background checks check out. We don't get, we're not privy to all the background work. Oh, did you know this or did you know that? Or that's great. We don't know that. We that's, don't. That's the only question we have about uh, Caleb Williams is that I don't know about his background. I know what I invested in on Saturdays as watching USC football, and right. that guy is the best I saw at the quarterback position. So I've got a deep film breakdown that I'm going to watch today from the guys at the Tape Never Lies Network. They did just the Notre Dame game because there's this narrative that he was horrible in that game, Mm -hmm. and he did get picked three times. Two of them were terrible decisions to throw the football. That also will happen to any quarterback. But they did an extensive breakdown, and I'll tell you about it tomorrow after I watch it. I want to watch what they see because they came away more convinced he's the guy. And, Michael, we appreciate the phone call, so, but don't be so cliche. And just because you watch NFL films like we watch NFL films about the great middle linebackers, the linebackers are the least uh, bit of the problem for the Chicago Bears. Sanborn. I'll, I'll take Edwards, Edmonds, and Sanborn and oh. ride with those guys, oh. especially Sanborn. So they'll be fine there at the linebackers. Yeah, spot. they're not going to change any. T.J. Edwards was top five in tackles. Yeah. Tremaine Edmonds is a beast sideline to sideline. Sanborn is amazing. They're not getting a linebacker in the first round. No, They're not. Just just focus on who's going to protect the quarterback and who the quarterback is. And you got to get a rush, other rush edge because I don't think they're bringing Ngakwe back. Right. So go get yourself a Danelle Hunter. With the salary cap coming up, Snorling made an outstanding point in our morning soiree. He said, now it went up significantly. Yes, it did. They basically gave you a gift card for Jalen Johnson. Just pay him. Yep. What's it going to take? Get it done. Boom. Off my list. Logan Square. Here's Flo on Cap and J-Hood. Flo, good morning. Hey, good morning, Hoodie. Cap, uh, I listen to you guys every morning. In my What's work. up, brother? How you doing? I appreciate the work you guys do. Doing good, brother. I'm excited. I'm a Bears fan. Die-hard Bears fan. And either way, Foles goes with us. I feel like we're in a good position. Um, I am of the draft, let's draft Caleb or Drake uh, narrative, but I wanted to speak up on Peter King's uh, article. It sounds great on paper, but the reality is this Bears team is trending towards becoming a winning team right now. And it, it, I'm all for draft picks and stuff like that, but I want the Bears to scratch 10 or 11 wins next season. And if we got a defense that's going to keep a rookie quarterback in the game, then I'm going to run with Caleb or Drake or Jaden, whoever Poles runs with, and hope that we spend some cash and free agency to plug up uh, some of the other, you know, the other talents that we need. Peter, I'm sure Peter King's a great guy. I know he's highly respected, but I don't, I don't believe the Bears are thinking long haul right now. I think the, I think the Bears are thinking let's let's strike, let's be aggressive, and let's land one here. 
Yeah, I, I think so. Completely I'm, agree with Flo. Yeah, That's a great call. Well, yeah, when you go from three to seven wins and you say, let's strike while the iron's hot. Let's be able to get the quarterback that we want. We we're going to have enough money to be able to plug some holes here in free agency and think about the future of the Bears in the draft. It's, it's right there in front of you. It, again, everything's predicated on what you do offensively. As much as love, people love a good defense and love to see a defense get after the quarterback, it's an offensive league. You've got to be able to put up points. This is not where you can try to win games you know, 14 to 7 anymore because it's an offensive league. You've got to find the right quarterback and right offense for this to work. Did you hear Chris Cantian on Sportsman like this morning? I did. I, I mean, I, <laughs> you hear him all over the place. But specifically. Here have been the fillings of your teeth. Go ahead. Right. Specifically, when they brought up the Peter King thing, he said, look, when Montez Sweat arrived here in week 10. Mm hmm. Chicago became number one defensively in scoring defense the rest of the season. Number one. And he quoted EPA and DVOA and all this other stuff that's way above my head. But the takeaway was that defense is ready to cook. Go get yourself another player on the interior, a rush edge, so you got some depth. Add a replacement to Eddie Jackson, which you can find a free agency, or he was a fourth-round pick, for crying out loud. There's guys out there. And then offensively, you need another A-plus receiver. You need an elite center, somebody that recognizes everything, can look back at his rookie quarterback, if that's what it is, or Justin, and say, here's the coverage, here's the this, let's set the protection, let's go. And that team is going to the playoffs next season. I'm telling you they are. Yeah, well, I mean, when you got a handsome head coach like Matt Eberflus, you could see it now. It's much love more, it. It's much more clearer now. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I love it. A little mustache and a little uh, goatee, a little beard happening there. That would be me. I can see it now. Yeah, that's why I didn't shave my head this weekend. Uh-huh. Wife's out of town. Uh, figured, eh, Flus tried a little extra hair. Maybe I'll grow my hair back. <laughs> the very attractive Matt Eberflus. All of a sudden, you walk in the bar, comes in looking like a five, but when the lights come on late at night, now with a little beard, a little, a little uh, mustache, he's an 11. Uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, listening on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Matthew on ESPN 1000. Matthew, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? We're well, good, thank man. you. Thanks. Um, so I have a couple draft scenario questions for you guys. So in both of these, it's implied that number one overall, we're taking Brother Khalid, mm-hmm. and then ninth overall, we trade back, um, and we get our three tackers on Newton. So that's first scenario. Second scenario is we trade back, so like where Pittsburgh is at twenty, and we get really aggressive and we take our center. What do you guys think? So I don't see them trading back, but if they did, they have got to get. I think they've got to get a veteran center. Jackson Powers Johnson, mm-hmm. the kid from Oregon, is a really good football player. Mm-hmm. Really good. But if you are thinking you're competing next year, I would love to see if if there's a guy out there available, Cushenberry or one of these guys, that you go, I got a veteran center. I've got my quarterback back here, and I, he's going to help him dramatically cool. more than Lucas Patrick did or Sam Mustafer, mm-hmm. and now let's go. And then get him another A receiver. I, 
ideally like to get a guy as good or better than DJ Moore. Now, DJ's a great football player with proven career. Sure. But if you told me that Adunze, Neighbors, or Harrison is lining up on the other side, oh, doctor. Yeah, it helps. Let's go. That helps. It helps a veteran quarterback. It helps a rookie quarterback, whoever's back there. Because you need multiple weapons, man. I mean, I like Cole Komet. I think he's rising as a tight end in this league. DJ Moore, a fine wide receiver for the Bears, but you need more. Need more offensive weapons for whoever's going to be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. All right, if you're on hold, you will be on the air. 312-332-3776, our phone number. The Chicago Cubs are back. They've got Cody Bellinger back in the fold. Cap and I will talk about it Take right here that. on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Cap and Jay Hood. The 7 a.m. hour brought to you by the Comet Energy Efficiency Program. Blackhawks lost last night at the United Center after raising Chris Chelios' number seven of the rafters in an amazingly great ceremony before the game. It was Patrick Kane in his return to the Windy City, though, who netted the overtime game winner for the Red Wings, who beat the Hawks 3-2. Bulls picked up a tough road win in New Orleans yesterday, 114-106. DeMar DeRozan led the way with 24. Nikola Vucevic was outstanding with 22. Ayo DeSumu has been killing it. He scored 21 and had 8 assists. Bulls improved to 27 and 30. Patrick Williams officially out for the season after electing to have foot surgery. Peter King, the great Hall of Fame NFL writer, announced his retirement from writing on his weekly column in the NFL this morning. In the same article, he said... I suppose the Bears will trade the number one pick, saying, I know nothing, but I know which way the wind is blowing. <laughs> it's a Hogan Heroes fan, huh? Yeah, I, I know see nothing. nothing. I, I see nothing. Hogan. Thank you, Sergeant Schultz. Hogan. That's it. Jay Moore. It's still in You're listening to Captain Jay Hood on ESPN Chicago, the home of the Chicago White Sox. It's the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. We're with you till 10 o'clock. Then Mike Greenberg will be in at 10. Carmen and Yurko, 12 to 3. Waddle and Sylvie, 3 to 6.30 into Bluck and Abdallah, 6.30 to 8. Right here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. How about this news, Cap? How exciting is this? Cody Bellinger back in the fold as a Chicago Cub. A three-year deal. Three-year deal. We talked about this on the show over the last couple weeks of him getting the Carlos Correa-style deal. Three-year deal with opt-outs after years one and two. Uh, Look, anytime you get paid $30 million a year, first Cubs $30 million a year salary, the highest had been Jason Hayward at 26.5. Anytime you get $30 million, you're a winner. But Jed Hoyer was also a winner for waiting out the process until the 24th of February. Uh, shout out Lisa on Twitter who broke the story on Friday saying... I'm sorry, who? Uh, Lisa on Twitter. Lisa on Twitter. Yes. Uh-huh. There's a lady named Lisa uh-huh. who said, I'm hearing Cody Bellinger sign with the Cubs. I have some friends out there who said it's done, but I can't get any confirmation. All of us scurried around. Passing, Jesse, Rosenthal, Nightingale, all of us can't get any traction to confirm said rumor. And then a passing bomb in the middle of the night on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I wake up, my wife's calling me from Africa, and I'm like, what? 
Cubs yeah. get Cody Bellinger. Three years, $80 million. Mm-hmm. Opt-outs after the first two. So if he goes out and balls out, he says, I'm going back to free agency, they can say, see you later. Or they can pay him. If he has a bad year, then he still has his money coming. And they got nothing but money at the ATM known as Wrigley Field. So this is a good deal for both sides. Yeah, the way the um, wallets are starting to tighten around Major League Baseball, Bellinger might as well just stay right here. There's no opt-out. Like, you you might ball out, but you could be part of something special in three years or less with the Cubs. If the Cubs spend the right money, I, I think they're definitely going to be a contender in the National League. Now, how big of a contender, that's the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse feels like the Cubs are going to be underwater. He doesn't see them as a playoff team. I said last year to you, Cap, I said this should be the year that the Cubs go to the playoffs. You did. You're the first one to say yeah. that last year. To this year. That this they the would year. do it in 24. Yeah. This I is was the year. out over my skis when they took two or three in L.A. and should have swept that series. Remember, they blew the game in the ninth. Mm-hmm. They should have, or eighth. They should have swept them. Oh, here, I love L.A. Jay Moore had that playing all the time, and oh, yeah. we didn't get that. I love L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Not so much. Uh, my question is, when the next time we get to talk to Jesse, I don't know if Snorling can at, get to Jesse. 835. Uh, that'd be great. Uh-huh. Okay. Can we now go get Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery on a shorter deal or Matt Chapman? Well, okay. So first things first. Terrible show, but this is just a segue. Um, 307, 356, and 525 is a slash line for Bellinger. 26 homers and 97 runs batted in. Mm-hmm. That's the last time we saw Bellinger. Okay. Take it again. Okay. So what else? It's nice, but you're still bereft of quality, what I would say, superstar talent. Well, there is no superstar out there. I'm, I, I, I'm telling you, as we stand here today, right. the Cubs are bereft of superstar talent. I didn't ask about who's out there looking for a job. I'm telling you about the roster. That's what I'm talking about. The roster does not have a what I would consider multiple difference makers on the roster that can get you over the hump. You have a lot of players that are the same, that are good players, station to station, on base percentage guys, keep the line moving guys, which is an asset to the team. But ultimately, you know in baseball, you do need some big boppers. You don't have that. Well... I think Seiya Suzuki is the best baseball player on that team. Yeah? And I think he's a 30-home run guy this year. Yeah? That's a big bopper. And then? If Cody Bellinger hits his 25 home runs and you have enough pop, Chris Morrell's probably, if he's playing every day, he hit 26 last year, 25, and didn't even play for a month. You have a chance to have... Three guys hit 30 home runs on that team. You know that's not good enough. You know, not, again, as, I like the short thing versus the what if. Now, I'm, the, I'm as big a Christopher Morrell fan as you'll find. When he first got to the big leagues, I liked his spirit. When the Cubs were down and out, that guy had a smile on his face, and he was playing hard. Yes. I like Morrell. I do too. But the idea that you're selling me here is that, and I, and I said at the time, before Bellinger resigned, I said that the best player you have on the team is Suzuki. But there's a need for more. As you know, you saw the Atlanta Braves. It takes more than just a few and question marks. You want sure things. Right. And that's you've got to let these young kids play. they got a really good farm system. You've got to let them play. There is no guy sitting out there. You go, well, there's a 40 home run guy still sitting on the market. Those guys aren't out there. 
Alongside Andy McPhail, Jonathan Hood with you here on Captain J. Hood on ESPN 1000. They just 1, spent $30 million. You're better than that. <laughs> By the way, what, I, I what, noticed what? you on Twitter. Yeah, Andy. What else do you have? Taking a, like a, not a shot, but a side swipe at your partner. Not a side swipe. When the Cubs were destroying this White Sox in the first spring training game on Friday, Cactus League action, somebody tweeted at you, you said, he better not be reaching out to me. Do you remember mm-hmm. that tweet? Yes. When Morrell, bam, gone. Yes. Six nothing, Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was going to reach out to you just because you tweeted that, but I've had other things going on. I let, yeah, I, I would say so. I let it go. I'm the least of your problems around here. I let it go. <laughs> I'm the least of your problems. I had an upside down emoji smile yes. because that is me joking. Yes. That's what that is. That's what I now, I'm watching because I just love, obviously, we love baseball. It's in our veins. I know what the result was going to be. It's like, all right, let's see some of these... Uh, Let's see this uh, old man get up there on the mound. Let's take a look. Oh God! What was it, Jesse Chavez? Yeah, I mean, just I mean, just horrendous. But it's what it's expected, right? I mean, that's what I expected. I just wanted to see baseball on my TV. It's been too long. Yeah, it was cool just to see it. And then yesterday, Brett's with me, and he's like, "Dad, we got to make sure we he and I worked out together. Mm-hmm. Can we get our workouts done so we can get the Cubs game on right at one oh five? I'm like, it's a spring training game. Hey, man, it's baseball. That's what he said. He goes, Dad, it's baseball. Oh, come okay. on, man. It's, Whatever you want, buddy. Whatever it is, it's baseball, right? You don't worry about the score. It just, it's, it's just baseball. Some, it's warmth on your TV. Oh, my God. And, and, but at least out of that game we saw on Friday, at least I've got a hero. I've got someone, if he makes the ball club, he's going to be a folk hero through the 90-plus losses. And that's, that's correct. That's Elko. You see the kid Elko for the Sox? There's going to be elk heads. Oh yeah, at, at guaranteed rate. No <laughs> question. People are going to have like elk, elk, uh, like those horns, right? They're going to have like this headdress on. It's going to be for Elko. He better hit a bunch of homers. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you saw him get a hold of one, right? I did. Friday. I mean, crushed. I mean, it. SEC kid. Man, if he makes the ball club, like he's going to be a folk hero, kind of like Jake Berger. Well, was. you could just hear the ball sounds different coming off his bat. You know. Mm-hmm. Just that, that pop. But but my point, Cap, is is that you know a good ball club when you see it. And I feel like our Bears conversation is similar to our Cubs conversation in that the Cubs have some assets, yes, but you know the teams that can whoop you, the teams that have four or five big boppers in the lineup, strong starting pitching, someone in the back of the bullpen that could be able to shut it down 7, 8, and ninth. The Cubs still need to get there. Uh, you can sell me on the kids. Can you tell me the number of kids in that lineup can be able to get to you where, where you need to be this year? I mean, you can give them 400 bats. Don't mean that you're going to be able to get to where you need to be. I, I like their team. I would like to add another starter. I would. Uh, if Boris was willing to do this type of a deal with the opt-outs, you've got Cade Horton coming. You've got Ben Brown coming. You've got Wisniewski hopefully taking another set. Yeah. Why couldn't you go to him and say, all right, Blake Snell, we'll give you a three-year deal with opt-outs for Jordan Montgomery. They won't do that? Man, that's a real diss on Kyle Hendricks. Uh, no, Joe, Joe. he's in my rotation. Uh-huh. So, Joe, uh, Cap is going with the seven-man rotation. Did you hear about this? 
Yeah, I I was wondering the same thing. I I, would, I just don't think there's much room for for much more starting pitching. You got guys Enlighten that are me. ready which, to come Which twenty six year old Max Scherzer is in our lineup right now? I understand that, but there's all oh, there's guys that are major league ready, and you, at some point you just got to bring them up. And the only the only guy I'm seeing space from is Hendricks, and Hendricks probably has this year, and that's about it. But other than that, where's the space? You, I mean, you like Justin Steele. Mm-hmm. Tie on? You're mm-hmm. not high on? Yeah, let's go. He's got to have a good year. And Managa, you got to find out. Yep. Hendricks? Yep. Wicks? Okay. I mean, What's you're telling me you w- Put Wicks in the freaking bullpen if I get Blake Snell. He's won two Cy Youngs. Jesus, no, no, God. I understand, but you got to go with the young players. Take that. I'm letting young guys have a chance. <laughs> you need eight starters during a season. You just do. Blake Snell goes to the top of your rotation. What are you guys talking about here? He's Blake Snell. Not Tony Snell. Blake. What about that, Joe? Damn. I I agree, but I, I just don't know. I, like, I don't see Wicks. Somebody like him going into the bullpen just doesn't. I, I just don't think he would fit there. And then otherwise you just put him back into the minors and. I just don't. I just don't know. See how that works, but need, I, I can't disagree. You're not going to have five guys oh. make 34 starts. You're just not. I understand. Again, Tony Snell was an NBA player. Blake's won two Cy Youngs. He becomes the best pitcher in Chicago. No, I'm, it, that's fine. Well, I guess so. We'll see if, how long Dylan Cease stays here. Uh, but if, if Cease is gone, there's no question about that. So yeah, bring Snell on, and now you lose games now four to two. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our telephone number. Nice. Well, I'm just saying, saw a picture, right? But again, to my point, you don't have enough offense. Hold on a it's, second. It's we fun. were one of the leading scoring teams in the National League. You maniac! Damn. Does, Hold on a second. Does bringing back Cody Bellinger make a, the offseason a success? Do you still want more? I think the Cubs should add more if they can, offensively. Cap and Jay Hood, weekday oh morning, God. seven to ten. Welcome back to Cap and Jay Hood. You're officially locked in. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. It's the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. We hope that you're going to have a great Monday as we talk to you about the Cubs. Cody Bellinger is back with the Cubs. Cap, a three year contract. And uh, we we're talking about the Cubs. I just said this is going to be a playoff team. That was my prediction for 2024. But I still want the Cubs, if they're going to make it, to do more. Like, by the time you get to the uh, trade deadline, the hope is that you could find a veteran, some veteran left-handed thump. Maybe a first baseman. Maybe someone from the outfield. Maybe your DH. Something to upgrade. Because as is, I think it's good. But you know you want the best. Hoodie. They were sixth in scoring runs last year in all of baseball. Third in the National League behind the Dodgers and the Braves. Braves were one, Dodgers two, Cubs three. Uh Uh-huh. Go ahead. And their young players are going to take a step forward, you would think. Now Christopher Morrell's going to be there all all season. Last year, they didn't get him up till May. Beginning of May, we're like, where is this dude? I like Christian. And he still hit 25 bombs. Yep. So I'm not sure left-handed. We'll see how it plays out over the first three months of the season. I think you got to add more pitching. 
That's what I think. I just think that if Bellinger's your cornerstone, that's not good enough. He's not your cornerstone. Suzuki is your best offensive player. Yeah? Yes. And then what? Cody Bellinger, who had 26 home runs and hit over 300, is a really good player. Really good. All right, let me put it to you this way then. Okay, let let me try this. So tell me who your Acuna or your Olsen is, like like the Braves. You don't have one. Tell me your Castellanos or your Harper, like you got with Philly. Give me that that, that Alonzo with Suzuki's the Mets. Suzuki's as good as Castellanos. They don't have a Harper. Give me that Freeman-Betts combination that's on the Cubs, like you have with the Dodgers. They don't have that. Give me, give me that Tatis or that Soto or players of that ilk. There is no deal you're making where you're getting anybody like that. Not going to happen. You've got to develop those guys. So my point is is that those teams I just mentioned, whether it's the Mets, whether it's the, the Atlanta Braves, the Philadelphia Phillies, teams of that nature, those teams have big boppers, difference makers, where you are afraid to take, take them on in the batter's box. Who's that on the Cubs? You're not afraid of anybody on the Cubs. Not yet. Agreed. But there is no one you're getting to fill that role. You have to develop those guys. You do. Suzuki has to take the next step. Pete Kerr Armstrong, Matt Shaw, who they love. They have to develop those guys. They're not a ready-made product. Or drop a pair and get that person when you get to the trade deadline. Those guys don't get traded. Who is out there that you're trading that you go, Mookie Betts? He's not going anywhere. I'm talking about teams that's going to be able to shed payroll or say, hey, we can't get there. We'll get some young assets for a veteran hitter that's on our team. There's a number of them in Major League Baseball that will underachieve. Those are teams you go after. The contenders, no. But those that are underachieving, like, yep, yeah, you know what? This isn't working. We're going to unplug a little bit. We're going to shed some payroll, bring in some young talent. Yeah, I just that don't. happens every year. Right, but not at the level of the guy. You read, you read the best guys in the game. Mm-hmm. Those guys don't get moved. Well, I'm just giving you examples of difference makers that can help you win a pennant. Yeah. And I'm just saying that the Cubs are not there yet. Let's see where they're at. When we get to July. I understand, and, and people will hear it the way they want to hear it, but because Cap and I are friends, you know I'm pushing for your team to be the best it can be. I don't have a dog in the hunt. We'll take Luis Robert. No, everybody, every other ball club except the White Sox. Thank you. Okay, well, that's what I'm saying. So I'm pushing for your team to do well because I'm your friend, and I don't want you to just settle. I had a lot of sell- settling from you this offseason, a little bit too much settling. It's about time for you to have the fire back about the Cubs. Let's go. The fire's back. We're ready. Okay. That's an 87-win team. Well, find out from Jesse Rogers that the case coming up at 835. Negative, Jesse. (laughs) Coming up, shot or no shot, two minutes, Cap and J-Hood.